for all things sports, the hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, and every personal takes. You're listening to Sideline Story. Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your destination for sports news analysis and discussions. I am your host Brandon Yates, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Yang Guang and Tianyu. And today we will be discussing the Rugby World Cup, which is currently underway, and it has been thrilling indeed. The action is taking place in France once again, as it did back in 2007, and I think this year has been particularly exciting because there are a number of teams that could be competing for the title, whereas traditionally. There's normally been around two, three, maybe four. If we're lucky, I would say there's at least six teams this year that are competing for that Web Ellis Trophy. So it has been really, really exciting to watch indeed. Yang Guang, I've been very entertained by the action that I've seen so far. But what have you made of the Rugby World Cup so far? Well, actually, it's not the、um, first time I've watched the Rugby World Cup. Okay.、Um, but after the trip to the Asian Games, where I also watched some Rugby Sevens.、Mm. Wow. I must say, I'm now a half rugby fan <laughs> myself already. Funny thing about my first time watching the Rugby World Cup, I was studying in the UK, and I had a roommate from Wales. They love rugby, right? Yeah, he's yeah. a super rugby fan.、Mm. One day,、um, one day he was watching the Rugby World Cup, and I came to him. I, I knew nothing about rugby then, and I said something like. I thought football is the number one sport in this country, <laughs> and he looked very serious and stared at me and told me, "In Wales, always rugby." Yeah,、uh, I learned that lesson that day. Don't question the Welsh <laughs> love. <laughs> Look, I mean,、rugby. it's still、yeah. uh, football is also huge in Wales, but I think, and I, I would still agree with you in that statement that football is still the number one sport in the UK. But I think Wales is one of the UK countries where、mm. I think. Rugby is maybe slightly ahead of football, and I think just because of the success of their rugby team as opposed to their、um, their football team.、Uh, and、uh, that experience also taught me some basic rugby knowledge, <laughs> and I started to watch some highlights of the games.、Uh, for this World Cup, I have to say I really enjoyed watching the game between Japan and Argentina、mm. in the group stage. The winner would advance to the quarterfinals. So the game went intensive from the very beginning. It was a quite open game. There were a couple of moments I really, I was really impressed with. One was Argentina's Marcos Kremer charged down and attempted Japanese drop goal with his face. <laughs> He literally blocked the kick with、yeah. his face without yeah, yeah. any hesitation.、It、must hurt. Yeah, and that, oh, I, it's happened to me before. It's one of the worst <laughs> things that can happen in sports. It's,、oh、it、God. feels awful. And that led to Argentina's try on the other end. I don't think Kramer had any fear charging towards the kick, but、yeah. um, because it could have been easily kicked on his head, and there was no protection, <laughs> yeah, a, hel- a helmet or something. Another moment was when Japan's Amato Fakatawa. Sprinted down the left wing, collected his own kick forward, and made the try. It reminds me of、um, how Gareth Bale sprinted in that classic Real Madrid Barcelona yeah, Copa del Rey、mm, match. We can't forget that. Yeah, and scored the goal in that solo effort. <laughs> it really, it's a similar move. Yeah, I must say those two teams in particular are definitely renowned for their fearlessness and their ability to create something out of nothing. 
and they're attacking rugby as well. So I think that was a de- well, that was definitely a good game for you to choose to watch. Um, and I don't think those teams actually get to play each other very often. Um, they are two of the up and coming powers in world rugby. I mean, Argentina have kind of been on the you know on the cusp of rugby greatness for quite some time, but they never really seem to topple the top three or four teams very often. O- occasionally, they do at home. They've beaten South Africa a couple of times. They've had one or two victories against uh, the All Blacks as well, New Zealand. Um, And Japan have also just been... They're definitely the most dominant team in Asia, that's for sure. Japan, by a a long mile, particularly in 15s. Um, And they've also come quite a long way in the last five to ten years. So those are two nations globally that I think are challenging the elites. Mm. Um, And they also... You know, I think they are also those teams that are trying to get to that next stage, particularly at the Rugby World Cup. So I think that was a great game to watch because they don't often get to the quarterfinal stages or the knockout stages and that kind of thing. And I think this year was a great chance for both teams to do that. So I think that's why that game, you saw a lot of those moments like the uh, the Kramer charge down where both teams would have been giving their absolute all because they believed that if they do get to those knockout stages, anything could happen. Um, so yeah, that must've been a very, very entertaining game to watch indeed. Um, and yeah, I think we're still going to see plenty of excitement as the rugby world cup progresses, but, um, particularly in those group stage matches where teams that aren't really expected to dominate or have too much pressure on their shoulders in terms of progressing. Um, those are always great games to watch. So yeah, I think that was definitely a standout one and that will be remembered for, (laughs) for quite a while. Tian, you from your side? Well, uh, to be honest, it's... Unlike Yang Guang, it's the first time for me to really follow the sport of rugby. <laughs> after I know that we are going to talk about this in this episode. Of course, of course. Yeah, and after getting to know about the rules and really watching some of the games, I got to say it's a really fascinating sport. You know, we share a love for football because it combines speed, power, and agility. But mm. I didn't know before that rugby can also be a combination of these elements. That's it's one of my fa- favorite elements about rugby and why I st- I mean I know football's the global game and the most yeah. dominant sport in the world by a country mile but rugby I think is the one sport that really tests every element yeah. of your of your athleticism yeah. and I, I, football tests quite a few yeah. but I think rugby tests you I mean fitness strength speed agility mental toughness um teamwork uh tactics it's yeah. it just it, it has it has it all definitely it's actually very e- also very easy to understand the rules and the basic rules yeah the basic yeah. rules i yeah. think there's still a lot of like intricacies that are quite yeah. difficult for people that aren't used to watching rugby yeah. regularly that they don't understand like scrummaging and that kind of thing yeah but the ba- the basic understanding of like scoring points mm-hmm. And what are fouls and what's illegal, yeah. I agree with you. It is yeah. relatively easy to understand. Yeah, and the games are also very exciting to watch, mm-hmm. definitely. And uh, But one thing I got to say about the sports, uh, which makes me a little bit confused, confused is that... Uh, I'll try and explain. As <laughs> someone so used to watching yeah. and playing in football, if I try playing rugby myself, I will definitely foul a lot <laughs> for passing the ball with my hands to my teammates in front of me. Right, right. you know, yeah, in rugby, we don't throw the ball to forwards yeah with don't don't throw the ball you can kick forwards so for example if i mean the the kick the the person that you are kicking to still has to be behind you otherwise it's considered offside so Mm -hmm. similar to football um but another thing about the passing forwards and backwards thing is that it's it's when you're actually playing rugby with other people that have played rugby for quite some time or understand the rules it's Mm -hmm. it's quite 
um wouldn't say easy but it's instinctive to pass backwards because generally when the the players set up to attack mm. they always set up behind the player that's carrying the ball yeah. so you generally never find your teammates being in front of you when you are in possession of the ball okay. so it is quite natural to pass backwards because once you receive the ball mm. when you look around and you're trying to find a teammate 99% of the time the closest teammate to you will be behind you i see yeah so it's quite easy to remember that rule yeah, yeah. so and also talking about the the world cup i can finally see why brandon is so exciting about this sport because <laughs> south africa is such a powerhouse a dominant force <laughs> yes we are yeah you know as the defending champion of the tournament mm -hmm. it, it has lifted the web ellis trophy three times yes sir so keep talking i love this <laughs> I think it should be quite a popular sport in your country, considering how Very. successful the performance of South Africa has been in mm. the international stage. Is that right? Yes, and it's had a very unique and polarizing history too. So prepare yourselves for a history lesson. <laughs> um, the South African national... So I don't know if you're familiar with South African history and apartheid and the things that South Africa has been through. So during apartheid, obviously there was segregation between whites and blacks and 80% mm. of the country is made up of African black people. And um, for a long time, they were excluded from a lot of elements of society. So with regards to work, education, and that included sports as well. And during those apartheid years, rugby was seen as a predominantly white Afrikaans sport. Mm -hmm. So it, it was kind of like sports representation of apartheid. And that was something that was very difficult to break down and something that Nelson Mandela became very, very popular and famous for, not just in South Africa, but globally, was encouraging the sport of rugby and other sports, football and cricket and that kind of thing, to bring people together. But it was particularly hard with rugby because black people viewed that as the racist sport. Oh. And once South Africa won that first Rugby World Cup in 1995 and one of the best players in the team was a black, well, one of our first black players to represent the national team. His name was Chester Williams. He actually passed away a few uh, years ago, unfortunately. Um, that was a huge unifying factor in terms of the pol the political situation in the country. And it also made black people more interested in, in rugby and saw it less as a, as a racially dividing sport. And now we've gotten to a point where I think more than 50% of the, the Springbok team is black. The captain's black. And it's a, one of the most inclusive sports in the country that we have right now. So, And that inclusivity has also boosted our success because mm -hmm. now we've got 100% of the country being able to play the sport. And that's why we've also been able to maintain dominance over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that the sport is intrinsically linked to the historical past of the country, which it isn't really necessarily in other countries around the world. So South Africa's success and history in rugby is very intrinsically linked to the past of the country, which is quite mm. unique. And I think that's also why it's become so loved in South Africa, not just by Afrikaans people or, you know, Afrikaans white people, but now it's a nationwide loved sport, particularly because of the success and inclusion of black players now. Yeah, it's great to hear that mm. the sport has become so inclusive Very. now in, uh, in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So Probably sports, the most inclusive sport we have. So it's the sports uniting the whole country yeah. in South yeah, Africa. Yeah, and it's crazy because less than 20 years ago, it was the exact opposite. Mm. It was the mm. most exclusively white Afrikaans sport, and now it's, it's completely changed. Um, and our captain, Sia Khaleesi, is probably the most famous well-loved black sportsman in the whole country mm. um, and 20 years ago it wasn't even considered that black people would 
ever rep- even just represent the country in the national sport. So it's done a complete U-turn, which has been phenomenal to watch. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yang Guang, you know, we've we've talked about um, our personal experiences with, with the sport. Of course, I can go on for years and years about why I love the sport and how much I enjoy watching it, playing it, etc. Et and you've had one or two moments where during your time in the UK, you also came across uh, friends and colleagues that also have a true passion and love for the sport. But in terms of what you've seen from your own viewing of the sport, whether it be at an amateur level or a professional level, are there any particular elements of the game that you enjoy the most? Well, I think the most interesting part uh, for rugby is that no matter how big the players are, uh, how brutal the game uh, games can be, the yeah. players are always respectful yes. of the referees. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the officials are, are tiny <laughs> compared to the players. Yeah, I mean, in football But some games, of the players are also tiny compared to other players, right? That's also something that I love about rugby. It really is a sport for all shapes and sizes. Mm. Like if you look at the South African team, for example, I mean, our wings are, some of them are 160 centimeters tall. They mm. weigh like 80 kilograms. And then, you know, one of our locks, Eben Etzebeth, who's one of the biggest, most feared rugby players on mm. earth. He's over, <laughs> honestly, he's over two meters tall and weighs about 125 <laughs> kilograms. And they play in the same team. So it really is a sport for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, in football games, you can always find those moments when the players had quarrel with the refs. <laughs> That's sometimes. a nice way of putting it, a quarrel, yeah. <laughs> when they're shouting obscenities at the yeah, ref. Yeah. Sometimes even yell at the officials. Yeah. But in rugby, it almost never happens. I think a lot of that has to do with the rules as well. They're, I mean, it's an, kind of an unwritten rule, I suppose. But there's a definite no touching, no looking, no disrespecting of the ref whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Because if that does happen immediate send-off whereas in football there seems to be a culture where there's a bit of a a, a conversational element between the the players and the referees mm. and there seems to be room for arguments and room for disrespect and disagreements in rugby that does not happen because if it does happen if, if it's not coming from the captain if it's just some random player that dude's getting sent off like red card yellow card no questions asked and probably banned for a few weeks as well wow. the captain can speak to the ref uh, but it also has to be like, Mr. Referee, uh, I think this and this, you know, no swearing, no shouting, no. Yeah. They can be disagreeing, way. but mm. not to the point where you're questioning the ref's calls. Um, you can ask a question and say, look, can you look at this decision again? Can you re- review it with the TMO, that kind of thing? But if there's any disrespect or, or any severe questioning felt by the referee from a player even the captain it's 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 a definite no-no in rugby yeah i guess um it's part of the game culture mm. of rugby respect the rules and the structures of the games despite the violence and the brutality of the sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i appreciate that so it's really fascinating if you think about it the seemingly most aggressive and the brutal sport respects the rules and law the most but you you know i think another reason why that happens is because of the brutality and physicality of the sport because if you don't follow the rules you could have easily turned into a fight literally and also players can get seriously hurt too i mean Mm. they have you know there have been deaths in rugby there have been uh players that have been paralyzed and faced life-threatening injuries and that kind of thing in rugby and it's generally when the game is played incorrectly so there's a couple of rules. So for example, if a player is jumping into the air and trying to compete for a ball, you cannot touch that player because if you tackle somebody when they're in the air, mm. they can land on their neck, yeah. they can break their back. It's seriously dangerous. Yes. Um, and then also you can't tackle above the shoulders because if you start tackling a guy's head and there's head-on-head collision 
or you're going for his neck, you can, I mean, you can kill somebody doing yeah. that. Yeah. So I think that's why they're so strict with, the refs are so strict with the players and why the players are so determined to stick to the rules because they want to prolong their careers. Obviously, they don't want life, well, career-threatening injuries and they also want to protect their lives. You don't want to play a sport in particular and potentially get killed. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's also why there's a culture of really respecting the rules because if you don't, it can honestly it sounds crazy but it can be a life-threatening sport yeah. if it's not played correctly mm. uh, and then and another thing i really love in rugby is how teams play tactics on the pitch um, because you can literally see it's basically a physical sport but it doesn't necessarily mean the competition on the mind aspect is less mm. um, how players and teams use different formations and uh, execute the game strategies are worth watching over and over again and sometimes just a flashing good idea on the pitch could create beautiful scores yes. just like yeah. how japan's uh fakatawa kicked the ball forward and uh, sprinted to it two seconds later um the sport really allows players to think creatively mm, like, mm. on I the think, field yeah yeah i think it's similar to american football in that sense where it definitely is a very structured tactically driven team sport but there are moments and uh times where individual flair and decision making mm. is possible i think more so in rugby because it is a more continuous game than american football whereas you know in american football it's always stop start when the ball hits the ground it's the next play they stop mm. and set up and do something else yeah. so i agree with you there are a lot of tactical elements and particularly when it gets to the higher level when you think of the likes of new zealand ireland south africa when those countries play against each other, because they're so evenly matched, tactics definitely comes into play. And because even though they are equally matched, generally what makes them strong is completely different. So what makes the All Blacks great is completely different to what makes the Springboks great. So that's where tactics comes into it. But mm -hmm. because of the amount of talent that these teams have and because of the continuous element of the sport where it is very free-flowing, there are moments where individual flair comes into it and I, th I think that's something that makes rugby fascinating to watch right mm. Mm. yes yeah i'm just curious brendan uh, mm, go ahead a huge rugby fan yourself massive what? as you can hear <laughs> i can barely barely stay in my seat yeah which part of the games do you enjoy the most oh that is a good well when south africa wins <laughs> <laughs> um it's an it's an interesting you know what i think i love it when a big forward, someone like Eben Edsworth, C.O. Khaleesi, somebody like that implements a skill that you don't necessarily expect to see from them. So when they do a chip and chase or when they get a bit of space and they get to really run as opposed to just running into other players, I love seeing that. I love a try line to try line score. So when someone picks up the ball from mm -hmm. their own 22 and runs like 80 meters and scores a try. Like um, coast whether it's to coast in basketball. Coast to coast, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, all funny. it's also called coast to coast in rugby. I was looking for, I was looking for that word. Um, that's always great to watch whether it involves the whole team or just an individual that's always really brilliant uh, but yeah like I think in rugby there's you know there are a lot of big men and they, they're expected to just scrum or hit rucks or make tackles that kind of thing but whenever they get the ball and they find a little bit of space or they do something unexpected and you get to see like someone that's 125 kilograms running at full speed <laughs> that's always great to see it's like a buffalo yeah literally yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but you also you get surprised i mean you know these big dudes are also incredible athletes so yeah. even it's i mean um, yes. he's probably my favorite rugby player um he's the vice captain of south africa 
he i mean he is a massive guy but he also i think he runs the 100 and under 12 seconds mm. so he's also wow. really athletic so when he gets the opportunity to really run it's phenomenal to watch and we've got a couple of players like that new zealand has players like that so that's always great to watch and yeah like like we've also said moments of individual flair are also really really great to see so those are probably my favorite elements tian you you know china and rugby don't really go hand in hand right we don't yeah. necessarily <laughs> see um it's not a particularly popular sport in this country. Um, there isn't really a history of dominance um, on the Asian continent or globally when it comes to rugby in China. But from where we stand right now, I'm curious to hear about China's position in rugby right now when it comes to 15s and 7s. Where, where do they stand at the moment? Well, yeah, rugby has long been a niche sport. It's kind of a niche sport in China. It doesn't enjoy so much popularity like football or basketball here. Mm. But I think the interest towards this sport is actually growing in this country. You know, in the Asian Games just concluded, we can see that Chinese girls were actually yeah. doing a great job by defeating Team Japan and winning the gold medal in the 7th rugby final. Yeah, and I, and I think that was really something. That's a huge achievement. Yeah. Like, considering they were up against the likes of Japan that yeah. have quite a strong rugby yes, heritage. Yes, and, and notably over 6,000 people came to the stadium and watched that game. It was that, that, that is also a big proof of how rugby is coming to the sight of more and more Chinese people. And also, uh, the sports authorities in China are also paying more attention to the sports. Uh, this year, organizers in China have held national tournaments of 7s and 15s rugby in Zhejiang and Shandong provinces. The, these are also, uh, there are also campaigns for youth players as well. Great. So, uh, and in fact, I have a friend that is really passionate about playing rugby herself. Yeah. She, she's playing for an amateur, amateur rugby team in Beijing. Fantastic. And they have their own tournaments and are playing against other teams in like a, a round-robbing format. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say that rugby has gradually come to the spotlight to many sport lovers in China. It, and it has the potential to become a mainstream sport in this country. For sure. I think there's definitely some some untapped talent in China. Um, I mean, when Yang Guang and I were at the Asian Games, I couldn't believe the size of the Chinese men's sevens players. Because, yeah. you know, I just think of, when I think of Chinese athletes, I think of, you know, table tennis players, badminton players, yeah. swimmers. I don't think of like big, muscly, <laughs> two meter tall guys. And those sevens players from China were massive. So I think that there's definitely potential to nurture talent in this country to turn them into rugby players and i think that japan's success in rugby might have a knock-on effect and see other asian nations taking rugby more seriously and now that we've seen the success of china um in the women's sevens uh at at the asian games and even the men's team they i mean they did pretty well i think they got to the semi-finals yeah 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 yeah. which is really impressive considering the competition they were up against i think there is definitely room for growth and potential to make it look i mean it's never going to compete with badminton table (laughs) tennis uh swimming basketball football like we've said um, but I think there is, I mean, look, the population is huge. Yeah. So even if like, you know, 20%, 10% of the country gets involved in rugby, there's still potential to really put together a phenomenal team. Yeah. So hopefully there is development happening in rugby, particularly from a grassroots level that can potentially, you know, get to the senior side in maybe 10, 15 years. Maybe we'll see China performing at the Rugby World Cup one day. That would be or incredible. Or hosting one. Yeah, or host. I mean, they've definitely got the facilities and the means to do so. So yeah. that, would be, that would be incredible. But talking about favorites for the trophy, you can't miss South Africa. You cannot. <laughs> you most certainly cannot. You must be uh, the one that is most familiar with the team, Brandon. Yeah. So could you please tell us about uh, what are the, the advantages 
and potential risks to Team South Africa in their title defense? Um, in terms of that quarterfinal match between France and South Africa, I am concerned about South Africa's goal kicking. That's definitely something that they're going to need to sort out. France have the home ground advantage. They also have the best player in the world in Anton Dupont, uh, the scrum half. And they've got some really exciting X-Factor players. They've France also have a, um, a forward pack that can really... I wouldn't say they're stronger than South Africa, but they can compete with South Africa's forward pack, potentially. So it could potentially come down to goal kicking and defense. Um, so it could be tricky. It, it's tough for me to call. Obviously, I'm biased. I truly believe that South Africa will win that match. But I think France, if it was anywhere besides France in terms of their home country, I think that South Africa would walk that game. Not walk that game, but like pretty comfortably win it. But the fact that it's in France, anything can happen. So I think that match is definitely going to be a coin toss. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, we will be back next week with our latest topic. And we'll see you then. 